0: Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host Dustin, doing a post-game pod for the Mavs win against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, it was a, a, a good win for them, uh, kind of a big win, and we'll get into that along with a few other things going on around the NBA. But we'll first start with the, the Mavs win um, against the Pelicans, you know watching this game i i feel like dallas was out there really trying to win this game and and not that they they're not they weren't trying to win you know some of the games in the past but it looked like after losing all those games against those good teams i just felt like they wanted to make some sort of statement because it, either that or a combination of New Orleans just really looked uninterested in playing. I I, I don't think I've ever seen a team look that disinterested. A couple guys showed up. I thought, you know, Graham and uh, Ingram. You know, Ingram had 29. And Devontae Graham only had 13, but I, I felt like he had a strong start. I think he just sort of faded at the end. But, you know, Ingram played really well. But as far as the other players, like, you know Valanchunas, and um, I guess that's pretty much it. You know they got a lot of injuries, so I you know they had New Orleans had been playing well the past couple games. They actually got a few wins, which was a little surprising. Um, I think Valanchunas, like went off the other night and they got a win against I want to say the Clippers. And so I, I really didn't know what to expect, but man, they looked very disinterested. And I tell you, it was funny. It's like Dallas couldn't miss. I guess they said that the the Mavs set a record for field goal percentage in uh, in a Mavs game, and like in Mavs history, uh, that's the highest, the sixty eight point seven field goal percentage that they uh, finished the game with. But you know, they they shot fifty two percent from three, and that's just. That's uh, that's not something you can like really like sustain, you know. I mean, that's awesome for you know tonight. Um, you know, New Orleans actually shot pretty decent from three. They shot thirty five percent. That's not a bad percentage, you know. That would be a good percentage for Dallas to kind of have for you know game by game. You know, thirty to you know thirty five to you know thirty eight percent as a team is something it would be nice to see Dallas get, you know, on a consistent basis. Um, Somebody had a stat, you know, of Reggie Bullock's career and his shooting percentages, and his shooting percentages in October and November for his career are terrible. And I I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, he came out and, you know, he was two for three on his three-pointers. And I'm like, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, how is it? That can't be, you know, that's just kind of a... I don't know, that's just a weird thing, like how do you shoot so poor to start a season, but then all of a sudden December starts and you're gonna shoot lights out. Um But, you know, two for three was great, you know, Dorian Finney Smith was two for two on his threes, you know. It's I, I don't really expect some of the you know, the the one player that was really terrible at the threes was Porzingis. Porzingis was one for six. But, you know, he did have a really good game. He had 10 rebounds um, and uh, two blocks. So, you know, it, he kind of surprised a lot of people when he you know he played. Uh, I think a lot of people thought he might be out because he did twist his ankle pretty good. So uh, I think a lot of people thought he was gonna be out. But uh, no, he had a really good game. He was very active. He had a lot of dunks. Um, Set up by Luca. Uh, Luca obviously had a fantastic game. You know, he scored twenty eight. He had fourteen assists. It's funny how high those assists get when uh, when your teammates are making shots. Um, he did have eight turnovers, which uh, it would be nice if he could figure that part out. Uh, you know, he he does get a lot of turnovers. Um, but overall he was he was 11 for 16 which is an incredible shooting percentage it's sixty eight percent um Jalen brunson shot seventy seven percent he was seven for nine three for four overall hardaway had a good game um four for seven on his three six for nine overall um sterling brown who you know i've talked about in the past few games he's He's done a really good job to create baskets that aren't three-point shots. And, you know, he was two for three on his threes. But uh, I, I think he's done a good job to, you know, find his find a way to get, you know, baskets when the three-point shot isn't falling. Uh, other than that, you know, uh, Maxie, you know, sort of – Maxie only played 16 minutes. Um, you know, one thing I noticed about this game was I guess Luca and Porzingis played the most minutes at 27, which is really good to see because, um, you know, I, I, I just like – sometimes I feel like, you know, they they put too many minutes on sort of their main guys because I, it's kind of what they need, you know, because they're not a deep team. You know, I I, I'm like I said, you know, a guy like Trey Burke, I just you know I'm not a huge fan of Trey Burke. I just I I I wish Nilaquina were back um, to get those minutes because I I think Nilaquina is a better player just based on his defense. You know, it's you know Trey Trey Burke actually had a pretty good game. He had nine points and um, you know nothing. You know he's had a pretty good couple games, but. I think I'd still rather have Nilakina in his defense because you know this team can struggle to defend sometimes. But overall, you know, it's like every player shot well. Even Powell was three for three with seven points. Um one thing uh Luca I, I thought it was funny, Luca only had four rebounds. You know, usually uh, he gets a lot of rebounds. I, I you know four was kind of a low number when i saw it you know i thought it was interesting but you know porzingis did a really good job you know getting a bunch of rebounds so if that's you know the reason you know porzingis getting up you know getting under the basket and get some rebounds i you know he played valanchunas a lot i thought he played valanchunas pretty well um valanchunas can be a tough defend, like a tough guy to defend uh for a guy like porzingis you know Valanchunas is one of those old-fashioned back-down centers. You know, Valanciunas would have been uh, an incredible player in the '80s. I mean, that, that he plays that style of basketball and his ability to actually, you know, shoot the three-point shot would have made him a very unique guy. But uh, he still has that old-fashioned, you know, post-up game, and you know, those guys can give Porzingis. A lot of trouble on the defensive end, and that's why you know he they want to start a guy at center. You know they started Powell this time, um, and they they actually they actually put Tim Hardaway on the bench and started Reggie Bullock. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I I I will say I did like the move, and not because Hardaway was struggling the way he was, but. I felt that because Hardaway is not really that good at defense and Luka's not exactly a defensive stopper, you know, your your backcourt is just kind of a poor defensive backcourt. And I know Luca has his moments, and I, I do think Luca can play defense and stuff. I think one of the things I do think is that I, I, I notice he's a little hobbled. And he doesn't move well at the moment. I, I can really like his his lateral movement's not that great. I know he's got that knee injury, so he kind of he kind of slacks off guys. Because you know he don't want to be beat off the dribble. He's he's not going to play up on guys. So their defensive backcourt's been really bad. And I, I do like seeing Bullock there to make up for that. You know, especially. And and again, I'm not gonna rag on Powell too much, but you know Powell's not a great defender. Um, you know Valanciunas had a bad night; he only scored six points, which is great. But you know Powell Powell is not a very good defender, and when you had guy when you're only when your best defender out there is Dorian Finney-Smith, and you've got Luca Hardaway and Powell out there that's why their their starting lineup was such a negative and you know their their first quarters or the start of the first quarters were so bad you know the first 8 minutes was so bad because they just had no defense and so i feel like if you insert a defensive play in there and look bullocks bullocks shooting struggles have been well documented but If this can be, like, if he can start shooting like his career says he does and he shows up in December and shoots, you know, lights out like his number says, that's fantastic. I I think you should keep this lineup, Um, especially if you're going to, you know, start Powell. Uh, You know, Willie Colley Stein's not with the team right now. He's got COVID. Um, Apparently he's out for personal reasons as well. One thing I was disappointed was that I I thought this was a good game that you could have played Moses Brown um, against uh, Hernan Gomez. Uh, You know, I know a lot of people, especially in the media, the Mavs media guys really made fun of us fans who wanted Moses Brown out there. And I, I think they thought that We were saying that Moses Brown is like the answer to all the problems. and That's not what I wanted. I wanted Moses Brown out there because I think at some point this season, you're going to need Moses Brown. I I think, you know, March and April are going to roll along and you're going to need Moses Brown and he's not going to be ready to play because you haven't played him at all. You know, you you gave him no minutes. You put him out there against a front line that had three seven-footers and he obviously didn't play that well. And it's like, so you relegate him back to not playing. And I I just think that's an awful decision. I I think that's how, I I think that's poor coaching. I, I think you, you know, maybe you don't want to start him, that's fine. But I thought you should have given him those 10 minutes instead of Boban. You know, I know the fans love Boban, and Boban can sometimes put together some shots like he did and score eight points. But, you know, Boban didn't have any rebounds. You know, Boban's not, Boban struggles to move, and that's something that is pretty clear when you see him play. He really struggles to move. And it would have just been nice to see Moses Brown go up there against Hernan Gomez, against a guy who's not really a low-post threat, and get some playing time, you know. you got to develop the guy because, look, you're not, Winning the finals. You might as well try and develop your players. You know, Josh Green came in, and I thought Josh Green played pretty well in the five minutes that he's gotten. And I'm like, you know, Josh Green, if he can develop, if he needs playing time to develop, let's play him. You know, I don't know what his shot looks like. He took a free throw line shot and made it, and that looked great. Looked like he knew what he was doing. It was kind of interesting when he took it. But, you know, I, I just feel like we're not, we're trying to, we're trying too hard to, I don't know, we're tr- not trying hard enough to uh, develop some of these guys that you actually might need at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, Maybe it's just, maybe they're going to let Moses Brown go at some point. He's probably going to be included in some trade. I, I don't know. But uh, I just think, this is probably the team that we're going to have the rest of the year you know i don't anticipate cuban making any moves i I really don't uh you know it would have been neat to see them use that trade exception that they talked about before the end of the season pick up jeremy lamb and I, i know jeremy lamb's not like this fantastic player but i think he upgrades you know your roster you know as long but i will say if you can get if you can get 40% out of Reggie Bullock from basically today for the rest of the season, you're, you're going to be a better team. You know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, if Dorian Finney-Smith can shoot the way he's shooting here lately, he's I will say Dorian Finney-Smith here lately has been shooting really well. If you can get him shooting like that the rest of the season... You know they're gonna do pretty good. You know, Hardaway. Hardaway is probably best suited to come off the bench, and I know it's a. I know it's a lot of money to pay a guy coming off the bench, but I, I think that's what's best for the team because you know Bullock's defense is better. Even if Bullock goes out there and scores zero, he's still a better defender than Hardaway. You know, Hardaway and Brunson. I thought especially if, you, if you're going to bring Maxi off the bench, you know, those three guys can generate offense. And I, I think it's a good kind of bench trio to have. And, uh, you know, Brunson had a terrible game last game and he came out and only missed two shots, scored 17 points. Um, that was really good to see. Uh, you know, he he got to the rim a lot. He hit some open threes, something that he's really been struggling with his three-point shot lately, and it was good to see him hit those three-pointers, and uh, I, I think I liked seeing, you know, Brunson, Hardaway, and Maxey coming off the bench, and, and Sterling Brown, too. You know, Sterling Brown's been playing well, and I just like that group coming off the bench, and if you, you know, you, you can add Nilakina Keen in there. You know, Nila can guard multiple positions because of his length. He's a a really good defender. And I think at some point, they're going to figure out a lineup that works. And I I just, like I said, I'd like to see, you know, even if you don't start Moses Brown, I'd really like to see him get some minutes, especially against uh, backup bigs. Uh, You know, like they're going to play New Orleans again next game. Next game's in Dallas against New Orleans. It would be nice to see uh, Moses Brown come in and play against the backup center. You know, don't don't put him out there against Valanciunas, but let's put him out there against Hard Gomez. You know, he went up against Jackson Hayes at the end of the game, and Jackson Hayes, I guess he's really fallen out of the rotation. Cause I thought he might have been hurt, because he's usually their backup center. And I thought he was hurt. I didn't think he was playing. And then when he came in and kind of the garbage time, I was like, wow, he has really fallen off. So, uh I just I'd like to see them get Moses Brown some backup center spot because I I'm tell you you're gonna need him. You really are. You you can't rely on Boban. I, I just don't think Boban's the kind of player that you could say well we need somebody to go out there and defend this guy. Let's put Boban out there. Well, no, Boban's really slow with his feet. He really is. He's he's sort of just a gimmick. I know there's a lot of Boban fans out there. I do. I'm sure he's a nice guy and stuff like that. But man, I want to win basketball games. And I just, you know, I just think you know you see a game like today where Boban was four for five, and that's great. But that's not most games with Boban. So I would just you know it's, I I just like to see more Moses Brown. But the Mavs really needed this win, and it was a really good win to have. Uh, it it's a, re- it's a win that maybe gives some of these guys confidence in their shooting. You know, you're going to need Bullock. <clears throat> Sorry about that. You're going to need Bullock. You really are. Um, you're going to need Hardaway. And if those guys aren't hitting their shots, I mean, it's... A lot of this boils down to just making your shots. Now, you are going to need to defend. You really, you know, your defense and your starting lineup is really bad. I think um, one of the stats was out there about the defense when Luka was on the floor. And I just, I think it's a flawed number. And the reason I think it's a flawed number is what I brought up a minute ago. He was out there with three guys who cannot defend. Now, Porzingis, has been better at defense this year than he was last year he's still not this great defender and basically dorian finney smith was the only defender out there and so again like i said that's why they're i think the worst three-man lineup in the nba was dorian finney smith dwight powell and luca now dorian finney smith started the the year so poorly shooting that that's one of the reasons it was you know, one of the worst ones, but you know, with Hardaway's lack of ability to defend and Powell's lack of ability to defend, and Porzingis starting at power forward and really just kind of being relied on as a help defender and still like I said, he's done better this year about defending, but he's still not like your best defensive player, you know, your best defensive players are, you know, probably like Dorian Vinny Smith, Bullock, Neil Aquino, and Maxi. Um, Sterling Brown's a really good defender. Um, Josh Green's actually a decent defender. That's kind of one of the reasons why I, I think I'd like to see him play more if he can make his shots. And it, it doesn't have to be three-pointers. Like, if he can make the mid-range shot, then I'm fine with that, you know. I'm, I've said it before. I'm fine with mid-range shots. Those do not bother me. I know there's a lot of people out there that hate them, but sorry, I I like them. I think mid-range shots are just fine. So, you know, but Luca was out there with a lot of bad defenders, and so guess what? Numbers when Luca were out there were bad because all of a sudden you're bringing in off the bench Bullock, Nilekina, and Maxi, and all of a sudden the defense looks good. And the defensive numbers with Luca sitting on the bench look better because you're not playing Luca with defensive players. You're playing Luca with offensive players and Dwight Powell. So I, I just think if you could keep – if this lineup can stick, you know, with Bullock, I, I think it can really help the starting defensive numbers. You know, they won't fall – they won't fall behind so bad to start games. They can stick with teams. And I, I think a bench of Brunson, Hardaway, and Maxie with Sterling Brown, and Neal, I, I just think that's a great rotation that it, it would be nice to see a uh, kid have. And, and maybe he's learned a few things from this game. And if you could sprinkle, you know, Josh Green and Moses Brown in there, I, I, I think that would be good for those guys, you know, because. <laughs> Those guys, I I just think it'd be good for those those players to you know in their development. So, um, once again, though the Mavs do play New Orleans again Friday night, they do play in Dallas instead of uh, you know being the you know the the Phoenix Clippers games were both both Phoenix games and uh, both games against Phoenix were in Phoenix. Both games against the Clippers were in Los Angeles but this time it's a home and home so they will be at home friday night hopefully they could get the win make it two in a row and uh you know get back on the winning schneid now one of the things that uh that, that has really worked out for dallas is there's a lot of struggling teams right now um the nuggets lost tonight to orlando um the nuggets are in a really bad way right now um if there's a way the mass could get Aaron Gordon off that team, um, I doubt the Nuggets make any moves. Their problem's injury, so I, I doubt they make any sort of move. Um, Timberwolves is another team that's actually been playing well. They actually lost tonight to Washington. Uh, Celtics beat Philly, and Philly's really been struggling. Um, Embiid only had 13 points, and they only scored 87 points. Boston only scored 88. And another funny uh, score is Cleveland beating Miami. Cleveland scored 111, and Miami only scoring 85. You know, Cleveland is a good team. Evan Mobley is a good player. You know, Evan Mobley um, struggled against Dallas, uh, but I, I do think his length bothers people. He actually had 17 points and 11 rebounds. I mean, that's, that's a, he had a really good night. Um, Jared Allen had 19. Uh, Kevin Love scored 22 points. Kevin Love's reaching back to the old days. Uh, Cleveland really put it on Miami. That's a interesting. Uh, I guess uh, reading Jimmy Butler and Bam and Markeith Morris didn't play. I guess Bam had to have surgery, so he's going to be out. So that's gonna that's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic to look at when it comes to the East. Uh, Miami starts losing some games; they could start falling in the uh, in the conference where, you know, they're um, they're so bunched together. Um, Milwaukee got another win. Milwaukee's won a lot of games. I'll check and see how many in a row that is. But uh, they beat Charlotte. Um, you know, Charlotte is probably you know PJ Washington's probably available. Um, from Charlotte, if I I bet you you could put together a deal with uh, Dwight Powell um, to get C J. Washington, C J. Washington because I, I I think he's I, I don't think I think because Charlotte has paid Gordon Hayward uh, what's his name Terry Rozier and I think they are they they paid Miles Bridges and they're gonna have to pay Lamelo Ball they're not gonna pay pj washington i I think he's available um i think there's kind of news around the league that saying he's available and i I bet you they would take a player like dwight powell because you know dwight powell's gonna play hard but they they know what dwight powell's contract is like he's only got one year left after this year so it's not like he's he's a guy that you know his contract to be up before they have to pay Lamelo. you know they don't have to pay Lamelo for a few more years but you know powell's contract will be up that would be that would be a really good trade for the Mavs. I, I doubt they would do it, but, you know, it's kind of wishful thinking on my part. You know, it's you know, it's not a player that's, like, completely unattainable. It's not like I'm saying trade for Zach Levine and Bradley Bill like people have been talking about for years. That's not possible. You know, but trading for P.J. Washington, a guy who can, you know, help your team, maybe, you know, he could start at center for you. He's a big guy, and uh, he'd probably give you better defense than Powell, So, you know, he, I don't even, uh, I don't even know, you know, he played 35 minutes, you know, he only scored nine points, but he got 10 rebounds. And, uh, he does start at center for Charlotte, but they also have, uh, they have, uh, Mason Plumley that usually starts at center. So, you know, maybe he's injured at the moment, but, uh, You know, I I just think that would be something interesting for, uh, you know, if the Mavericks really wanted to improve their team, I I think that would be a good move. Now, you know, Milwaukee's won eight in a row. I'm just looking at it, and they've already climbed to third place. Uh, They've got the same record as Washington and Chicago at the moment. So... You know Washington's second, Milwaukee's third, and Chicago's fourth. For whatever reason, they're in that order. But they're both all three teams are fourteen and eight. You know that's only a game and a half behind Brooklyn for the first spot. I think Milwaukee's in that position to stay. They're they're only going to get higher. Uh, they're when they get players back. Uh, I think you know seeing Miami with all those injuries, they probably drop. You know Cleveland could moving to that fifth spot. Now, Atlanta's 8-2 in their last 10. They're playing a lot better than they were. You know, Charlotte's lost three in a row. They've fallen. New York has fallen to 10th. Uh, Philly's fallen out. They're at the 11th spot. I, You know, I, it's funny. I know this is a long season. I, I'm really interested to see how this ends up, but, you know, a good team is not going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and it's been a really long time since it's been that way. Uh, you know, usually the eighth seed in the East was a, a sub five hundred team that had no chance against the first seed. Now, none of those bottom teams. You know, I, it would be interesting to see. You know, a team like Atlanta to face Brooklyn. You know, that that'd be kind of an interesting thing. The way the New York and Brooklyn played the other night. You know, that's a possibility. Uh, but you know when you see you know toronto indiana orlando and detroit are sort of separating themselves at the bottom and you know those top those first 11 teams are sort of bunched together so i i do think it's going to be interesting the 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 philadelphia 76ers you know with their injury problems that joel Embiid has you know that a lot of people rag on porzingis for his injury prone but Por i think I think Joel Embiid has missed more games than Porzingis, but nobody tends to bring that up for whatever reason. Um, he missed a bunch of games, and they lost a lot of games. He comes back, and they lose tonight. So that's that's going to be an interesting dynamic. You know, what team is not going to make it? You know, like if Embiid can't stay healthy, if they can't figure out the Ben Simmons situation, if they just refuse to flat out trade him. And he just misses the entire year. Do they miss the playoffs? I mean, that's that's not crazy to say. Uh, you know, I think Cleveland is too good to, you know, they. Philadelphia's the only game behind Cleveland. I'm not saying Cleveland's that much better. It's only a one-game difference. But Cleveland's a good team. Cleveland's there to stay. You know, Cleveland's not going to fold. They've got too many good players. Um, I I think they've done a really good job building a team. Um, it's funny to say that about Cleveland, but, uh, in the West, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much, like I said, worked its way to what I figure it's going to be. Um, that game last night between Golden State and Phoenix was entertaining from what I saw. I went to sleep because they do show those games too late, uh, in my area, um, It was really close when I went to sleep and I woke up and found out Phoenix won, you know, for their 17th win in a row, which is funny that uh, they've won that many. At some point, they're going to come back to earth and they'll lose some games. But uh, I don't know when that'll be, but it'll be at some point. Um, Dallas is still sitting in fourth. Um, They're half a game up on Memphis and the Clippers. Uh, you know, L.A.'s won a couple in a row. They still struggle to play. LeBron's going to miss some time with COVID. Um, you know, Portland is just a 500 team. I just think Portland's 500 team. They're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to be their same selves and just try and make the playoffs and go on, move on. I mean, that's just what I'm – like I said, that's what I worry about with Dallas. They're just going to keep the same guys together and cross their fingers. Uh, you know Minnesota sitting at five hundred. They're seven and three in their last three. They're playing really good basketball. You know they lost tonight, but they're still playing really good. Denver, you know, like I said, they're struggling with injuries. They're at the 10th spot, but I, I just don't think those teams below them are a threat. You know, it's that those teams are starting to separate themselves. You know, Denver has eleven losses. Sacramento has fourteen, and that's the difference between ten and eleven right now. I don't see Sacramento turning it around. I think they're probably a better team now that they fired their coach because I didn't like their coach. I thought he was a bad coach. But I I just don't see them being good enough, especially with, you know, even though Denver's struggling with injuries, they still have Jokic, you know. Aaron Gordon can still contribute. So I, I, I do think those 10 teams are there. I've said it in the past. Um. Just what order are they going to be in? Who knows? It'll make some. It'll make for some interesting playoff matchups. Uh, I I do think all ten teams in the West are good teams. I do think that starting with Dallas to Denver, you know, I, I do think every team has a flaw. You know, Dallas has a flaw. Memphis has a flaw. The Clippers have a flaw. If Kawhi comes back, which I, I still say I doubt he will, but if for whatever reason he comes back and plays, that kind of fixes their flaw. So that'd be that's an interesting dynamic to look out for. Now, I could see Jamal Murray coming back and playing. You know, Jamal Murray's not sort of the same guy as Kawhi. He's more likely to come back. Um, if, Jamal, if Jamal Murray makes a comeback in March, beginning of April, that's going to make an interesting sort of story for Denver. You know, what happens if, you know, you're not getting Michael Porter Jr. back, but if you get Jamal Murray and you end up with, you know, like the eighth seed uh, because of the play-in, and that's just kind of another thing to think about. You know, Minnesota may get kicked out, knocked out of the playoffs because of the play-in, but there's going to be another good team, a good team not make it to the playoffs. You know, Portland can miss. Denver could miss. Uh, I would say the Lakers, but I, I think the Lakers will figure it out enough to make at least win the play-in. Um, you know, Memphis, Memphis is winning games, so Memphis might not even have to do the play-in. But think about it. Lillard could not be in the playoffs. He could miss the playoffs. That's an interesting you know, dynamic to think of. Their their road record is 1-10. They're not playing well on the road. Uh, their home record is 10-1, and 1, so, you know, they're playing really good at home. But uh, a good team is a good player. A team with a, a quality MVP-type all-NBA player is going to miss the playoffs. You know, obviously, if Minnesota misses it, you know, that's kind of what people are expecting. That's fine, but, you know, a lot of people... They're expecting the Lakers to make it. They're expecting Portland and Denver to make it. You know, Memphis right now is kind of messing that up. You know, the Clippers could fall down there and the Clippers could miss. So, I figured if if Portland misses the playoffs, at some point, somebody's got to come in and say, look, we got to do something about this team. And I, at some point, they've got to trade C.J. McCollum for something. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, uh... You know, as long as the Mavs, can, um, if the Mavs can put together some wins, you know, they play, uh, like I said, they play Friday against New Orleans again. Um, there's some, you know, interesting other games. You know, Cleveland plays Washington that night, and Brooklyn plays Minnesota. Atlanta plays Philadelphia. Boston plays Utah. Oh, and Phoenix and uh, Golden State play on Friday night. And since I don't work weekends, I will have the opportunity to stay up and watch that. The Clippers play the Lakers Friday night. There's a lot of the. There's a lot of teams, like the top teams are playing each other. That's kind of interesting. They did that all in one night, but uh, you know, after. New Orleans on Friday. Dallas plays on Saturday night against Memphis. That's a that's an important game for them. You know, Memphis is right behind them in the standings. Uh, if they could, you know, if they could hit some of their shots, and I don't want to say like they did tonight because that's kind of crazy, but you know, if they can keep it at the thirty-six to thirty-seven percent from three. And you know, hit their twos. You know, they have the ability to beat anyone. And you know, I I, I do think Golden State and Phoenix are on another level. You know, a lot of people, I, I I was listening to some pods and they felt like Golden State was in panic mode because they lost to Phoenix and they couldn't. and I was like, wow, man, they're not even a healthy team right now. You know, they're missing so many guys. You know, they're they're missing Clay. They're missing Wiseman. I don't. I think Kaminga's still out with injury. It's like. Let's let's calm down on the panic mode. <laughs> let's get their players back. You know, Golden if Clay Thompson's gonna play probably this month. He's getting ready to come back, and he's getting ready to play this month. And Clay Thompson may look a little, you know, uh, slow at first, but I promise you, by March and April, Clay Thompson's gonna look like Clay Thompson, and the Golden State's gonna be the best team in the league. Um, you know, the the game that uh, Phoenix-Golden State game was in Phoenix last night. Well, tomorrow night it's in Golden State. You know, if Golden State wins, is it all of a sudden everything, all their problems solved? I mean, it's just kind of a silly, you know, argument I heard people having on, you know, about that Golden State-Phoenix game. And it's like, well, let's, let's let Golden State get healthy first before we start writing them off, especially since that was only their third loss of the year. So... You know, Saturday night's got some good games. Uh, Milwaukee plays Miami, but with Miami's injuries, I don't know how that's going to go. But like I said, Dallas plays Memphis. Um, I figure they get Sunday because uh, they're not going to play three games in a row. But uh, after that, they play again on Tuesday, and it's a tough game against Brooklyn. Uh, It's a nationally televised game, so... It's an early start as well. So the Mavs have some, you know, after this New Orleans game, they've got to play Memphis and Brooklyn. So it's it's a tough two-game stretch, and it'd be nice to see them at least, you know, if they can beat New Orleans, it'd be good to see them at least win one of those between Memphis or Brooklyn. So um, I think they have the personnel to, you know, play against Brooklyn. You know, Kevin Durant's always a tough matchup for them. Um, James Harden. Is he's been off and on this year, so we'll be interested. It'll be interesting to see which James Harden shows up for the game, but uh, it should be a good one. And uh, I, I, you know, hopefully, it would be neat to see a win. I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Now, I uh, after the. I probably won't do another pod till Sunday because they do play a back to back. I guess I could do a pod Saturday morning and then do another one Sunday morning. I don't know. We'll see how Saturday Friday night's game goes. But uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later.